The Lazy Persons Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, or blame it for no reason on a feather. Blame it on Hoboken. It's the funny, music-fueled modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the battle, blame it on my name. Today's episode, The Voice. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is using an ancient math formula and a pushy New Jersey matchmaker to try to find true love on a deadline. Meanwhile, in her professional life, she's looking for an overlooked landmark that can lead to a pop song bigger than the number one hit of the spring. While looking for said landmark, she has realized that the voice of the announcer on the subway is none other than her former math teacher, Ms. Chupesky. We join Carolyn now as she introduces Ms. Chupesky to her high school intern, Wendy, in her home office of her company, True City Tours, in Greenwich Village. What are the chances that two people from a different part of the country would meet up here after 20 years? The odds of your life path intersecting the path of people from your past are pretty good, statistically. It feels like a big deal, so you assume it's a rare deal, but it isn't really. It's more like, kind of predictable, yet cool. This is factually accurate and very well said. Thanks. I'm studying demographics as well as statistics. So, you're the voice of the subway? I am indeed. Would you autograph my book bag? I'm not a fangirl, normally. But meeting you is like meeting the subway version of God. I object to, and am yet flattered by, your analogy. Anywhere on my school bag would be great. Is that a portrait of the blue-haired boy from your class trip to Enid Hobbs' grave on the front pocket? His name is Rodney. We're sort of dating. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. And it's a very good likeness of him, by the way. I'll tell him you said that. He likes you. See you tomorrow. Well, well, Miss Cates. Who is Enid Hobb? Carolyn told Ms. Chupesky the story behind her favorite overlooked landmark in New York City, the grave of the 19th century poet Enid Hobb, and her eternal love, the architect who had built his home across from the churchyard where Enid lay in peace. An architect and a poet is an excellent pairing. One works with time, the other with space. Hello! 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 hello. Carolyn's parents had arrived home from one of their Let's Get Lost tours, getting people lost in New York City. What a day. Their astoundingly handsome second-in-command, Little Hans, was still downstairs wrangling the mail. We helped a dozen executives lose themselves in their corporate offices. One of them is still lost, I believe. How lucky for him. Miss Chupesky, what a lovely surprise! Carolyn's parents were hopeless with places, but they never forgot a face. It is lovely to see you as well, but our meeting isn't really that surprising, statistically. Well, well, well. And what brings you to Manhattan today? I live here, every day. Are you still a fan of those fascinating tropical fish? Julia de Cromus, weren't they? They swim sideways, I remember. And made for life. Carolyn's parents couldn't find their way from point A to point B the same way twice. That was part of their company's success. But they had an astounding memory for faces and fish. At that very moment, little Hans arrived carrying a big basket of mail. We have received more invitations. 
We have been invited to a special event every day and night for the next two weeks, and sometimes twice on the same day and three times the same night. Oh! Little Hans stopped and stared at Miss Chupesky. Oh! Please forgive my rudeness. I did not see you until now. Although I can't imagine how. Who are you, please? I am Miss Chupesky. And who are you? My name is Little Hans. Or perhaps I should say Little Hans, that is I. Or should I say me? I is correct. I appreciate your help. You are as kind as you are beautiful. And I appreciate your attention to grammar. This is our car for tonight's party. Would you like to come with us? We are never certain of where we are going or whom we shall meet, but our evenings are always entertaining. Hmm. Have I said something to offend you? Not at all. That was my thinking face. I was checking my mental calendar. I have nothing planned for tonight, and this creates an open space for spontaneity. I am glad. So am I. A party of any kind is a better use of my time than empty space. The town car that had been sent for little Hans drove everyone to a glass-fronted building in the fashion district. Alonzo Pescibaldo, Spring Summer Collezione, was etched on hey, the front. Stop! Stop that car here! Let the handsome guy out. Oh, thank God you're here, little Hans. Okay, we need you in wardrobe. Stat. I think his current wardrobe is fine. Carolyn and her family stepped into a large, lavishly appointed room. A runway ran down the middle of it, surrounded by rows of gilt-edged red velvet chairs. Miss Chupesky and Carolyn settled into two empty chairs in a back row. The word runway is inaccurate. One should walk down a walkway and run down a runway. Planes should fly down a flyway and roll down a rollway. As for the term catwalk... Hot, hotter, here we go. Spotlights lit the runway as the first group of models began their strut from top to bottom. The women wore gold mini-dresses, the men gray jumpsuits. A solitary man began to walk down the runway dressed in a purple pinstriped velvet suit. It's here! Give us a camera, Hans! But little Hans was on a mission. He held his head high and his shoulders back, as a good model should, but his eyes were scanning the crowd. He walked down the aisle to Miss Chupesky's seat, smiled, blew a kiss, and strutted away. Who Who is she? Hey, lady, who are you? She's wearing no-nonsense attire, naturally gray hair, a stern demeanor. Could she be English royalty? She looks just like the Duchess of something. What's her name, sister? From that country near Liechtenstein? The Duchess of what, exactly? I need to tag the photo. Please stop your speculations. I'm not a Duchess from anywhere. I am Ms. Chupesky. I work at the Transit Authority, and I live in Queens, which is 100 miles from Duchess County, which is a slight connection to your search term. But I do not think that it is the kind of information you're seeking there. Cool it, folks. She's not a duchess. She works on the subway. Um. And just like that, the show was over. Would you like to join us at the after party? Thanks, but oh, my bed is calling me. Carolyn fell asleep as soon as her head touched the pillow on her air mattress. Her alarm clock woke her in the morning. But there was another sound. She sighed and stretched and looked around to see where that sound was coming from. 
Her parents were asleep in her bedroom. Their matching backpacks were looped around her bedroom doorknob. Little Hans was asleep on her couch, lips closed in a smile, with his arms wrapped around a gently snoring Ms. Chupesky. I am the luckiest man ever, I think. I am unmoved by hyperbole normally, but in little Hans's case, I find it charming. We conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Joan Bremer Holden as Wendy, Mayor Trevathan as Caro's mom, Ms. Chupesky, and various fashion show people, Andre Dramek as Little Hans, Eric Isle as Kara's dad, the hot, hotter, hottest DJ, and various fashion show people, Connor Magyar as the announcer, Sharon Glassman as Carolyn, and the narrator, and introducing KC Groves as the fashion show producer and other people at the fashion show. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Turin. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio 2B or Not 2B in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass.